Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. It's the Unseminary Podcast. My name is Rich Birch, your host. Thank you so much for listening in. Today, we have a real treat. We have author, blogger, and just all-around amazing person, uh, Anne-Marie Miller. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Um, I wouldn't say amazing, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I was saying earlier, I think you have the best-looking kind of background of anyone that's ever been on the show, so... We should send you some sort of award. So my glasses are really fogging up today too. <laughs> um, but why don't we start? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Give us a sense of your background. Tell us the Anne Marie story. Um. Well, I grew up in the church. I was a preacher's kid, Southern Baptist, West Texas. I mean, think tumbleweeds, think tractor rides, um, think no friends because there were no children where I lived. Um, so I was just kind of immersed in that church culture right away. Um, I think if my mom could have birthed me in a church, she probably would have, but she birthed me in a Methodist hospital, so I guess it's like the next best thing. Close, it's close. Um, there were no Baptist hospitals where we lived, just to clarify. <laughs> and that's a very important distinction. Um, my dad left the ministry when I was 16. He mm. burned out. Um, we had some really nasty West Texas politics that mm. just... I guess he kind of was left with the decision to either split the church or resign. He did mm. nothing wrong. There was no moral feeling. Like he was actually wanting to reach out to our community because it was very unchurched. And uh, so to keep unity, he resigned, and that broke his heart. And here we are, 18 years later, it's still very broken. Um, but that was a shift in my life because I was like, everything I learned in the church, like it doesn't line up with what I've seen. So mm. I'm done. And for the next probably five or six years, she's kind of lived a very agnostic type life. And, uh, you know, 21 year old teenage angst and drama and car accidents and boyfriends uh, kind of all pointed me back to God and church and uh, started falling in love with her all over again and uh, started working vocationally in ministry when I was 23. Burned out when I was 25. <laughs> um, oh, man. Kind of went through some recovery and healing and uh, just again fell in love with uh, the church and the people that serve so hard uh, and minister so much and it's it's a tough mm-hmm. job and I think I came to really understand that um, I know it was young but I think at 25 and 10 years later now um, you know here here we are and I no longer work vocationally in a church but uh, just my heart breaks for. Um, the pain that a lot of people go through and uh, that a lot of pastors and their families go through. But I want to bring some health and some redemption and some beauty there. It's just really hard to see when you're, when you're kind of in that pit and it's really hard to get out of. Absolutely. You know, why do you think ministry is so prone to burnout? Why is it just kind of seems to be set up for that? Why is that? I think, it's 24-7. I mean, you're always going to have people, and people are messy, and people are broken, and people are difficult, and people are beautiful, but it's this, this tension, this duality of, of how do you take care of yourself and take care of other people, because it's never-ending. You know, you, you can't help the phone calls in the middle of the night uh, when someone was in a car accident, or someone's husband beat them, or um, you know, these teenager tried to commit suicide, and those are very dramatic you know, experiences, but they're all experiences I know I've gone through um, in my own ministry, and you can't shut it off. Uh, mm-hmm. The question is, do you know how to balance 
and I don't like that word balance, but do you know how to balance your life so that when those emergencies come up, you have the margin to take care of them? Um, Dr. Archibald Hart said burnout is the accumulation of stress over time. And so, of course, ministry is stressful, but if you allow that to continue to accumulate and never take breaks from that, never take Sabbath, um, I mean, God built that Sabbath in for a reason, you're mm-hmm. going to burn out. I mean, that's just going to happen. And I see that happening. Once you've burned out, it's really hard to get back on that, that path of healing again and that path of hope and that place of abundance that God so desperately wants us to have. Hmm. Now, what would you say, you know, how do church leaders take a break? Because, you know, it is that 24-7. There's obviously a lot of church leaders listening who can identify with that. They're like, gosh, there's so many demands on my uh, time in my life. What are some practical kind of boundaries or fences that you, you know, you've seen people take um, that's helped them, you know, relieve that stress? Um, I understand it's hard. Uh, first, let me just say that because mm-hmm. I, I've seen it through my family growing up and being in small towns in West Texas, people just drop by your house at any given time. So mm-hmm. I, I saw how my dad faced that, you know, again, 24-7. But I remember like on holidays and certain vacation days, if we weren't able to afford to leave our house or go out of town, he would close all the curtains and lock the door and we were under like strict <laughs> command not to leave the house. You know, he would hide our cars and uh, it would make it look like we were gone. But he, he in that way would protect our family for a day or two days wow. just so no one would come by. Wow, it, that's amazing. It sounds mean in a way, because like, well, what if someone really needed him? But I see like in Luke 4, Jesus goes with the apostles, and he's out healing, and he's casting out demons, and they're working really hard. It says they don't even have time to eat. Mm-hmm. And after they're done, they go away, and, and the town follows him. And they're like, wait, 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 don't, don't go. Like, we're not done yet. <laughs> like, there's still people right. that need healed. And he said, no, I need to be about my father's business. So he had this kingdom uh, mindset. Like he saw the bigger picture. If he were just to stay in Capernaum, nothing else would have happened. Like Christianity, as we know, it wouldn't have happened. So knowing that it's okay to say no, and you have to do it. And I struggle with that still. And set aside time. Uh, Some practical things. We turn off our phones at five, like no checking social media, unless there's something very abnormal happening. Um, No checking email. Uh, My husband and I just limit our time online and make very intentional date nights. We um, take time off, even if it's just a couple of days to get away. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least once a week, we we just unplug from from everything. And um, hanging out in community, Um, even though sometimes we do. I'm an introvert, so I need to go by myself to refresh. He's an extrovert, so like sometimes being (laughs) in community. just because I'm an introvert doesn't mean I hate people, <laughs> but um, being around my friends that don't require that energy, like, it's very refreshing. So um, I know that there's a lot of lonely pastors and lonely church leaders that are in sometimes very big churches and, and in small groups, and yet they're still lonely, and it takes that intentionality to connect with others and to connect with God and then not to be afraid to sit by ourselves sometimes, too. Absolutely. I, I love that picture of your dad Closing all the, you know, closing everything off. I think that's a great kind of visual picture of sometimes you have to go to extreme to to celebrate the Sabbath, right? You've got to do what it takes to, uh, you know, make that happen. That's uh, that's a beautiful picture. What a, you know, what a gift um, from him for, you know, for you. What, you know, have you heard anything, um, you know, or bumped into a church leader that had a similar kind of extreme, you know, their either regular ritual or pattern around Sabbath uh, that you were like, that's particularly intriguing. I've never. You know, that's interesting for them. 
Yeah, um, actually, I mean, it doesn't sound all that intriguing or interesting, but um, my friend Rhett Smith, he was in ministry and now he's a counselor. Um, mm -hmm. He started, or he, I don't know if he started it, but he has a tech basket by their friend mm -hmm. door, family's friend door, and that's where they put their cell phones when they come in after work. Um, and if they need to go check it, usually they don't, but if they need to go check it, they have to go to the tech basket and like right. leave it there, like they're not bringing it into the house. Right. And I thought that was really cool. Um, a pastor friend of mine turns off his phone. He'll change his voicemail. I mean, he's like the lead pastor at this church, and it's a small church plant. Um, mm -hmm. But he will turn off his phone on Saturdays and leave a voicemail saying, hey, you know, it's my day off. If you need help, call so-and-so and leave their mm -hmm. phone number. And, mm -hmm. like, that's – if there's an emergency, well, <laughs> you know, like, right. it's, it's okay. Like, someone – they enable people in their lives to take care of those emergencies. So mm -hmm. I think we're afraid sometimes. Like, what if I turn off my phone and you know someone is in trouble, or what if I do this and I you know I really need to be there and I lose my job over it? Mm -hmm. It's that's just where I know it's super churchy, but like we just have to trust God's sovereignty that <laughs> when we respect the Sabbath that He gave us as a gift, we're mm -hmm. to operate out of that rest, and and we need to trust that rest and trust that everything will be okay when we take our breaks. If, if we're listening, communing with the Holy Spirit, um, that will just happen. It's just, it's just <laughs> Now, what about you? Uh, this may be too personal a question, but, um, you know, what area that do you have a hard time, you know, unplugging from or, you know, kind of turning things down? Um, I would imagine, you know, you're in an interesting spot at, obviously these are the kind of things you speak about, and so I, I would imagine that you do have areas that you struggle um, in, in kind of turning things off in, in the, oh, in the yeah. world. Um, there are many areas I've <laughs> with. Um, I just uh, re-released Mad Church Disease, which is a church on burnout, or a book mm -hmm. on burnout, and um, I almost burned myself out while rewriting <laughs> editing that because I was just like so intensely like trying to finish it that it, it was stressing me out. Um, work can be hard for me to turn off. Um, mm -hmm. Also, uh, social media for me isn't that hard to turn off because um, mm -hmm. I kind of don't like it. <laughs> but right. um, for me, try, I, I hold in my mind this expectation of what a perfect wife does. I'm newlywed mm -hmm. for a year and a half. Um, so, like, I place these expectations on me of, like, keeping a perfect house and uh, making the most gourmet dinner every day. For right, 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 right. I cook breakfast for this morning before this interview. Um, <laughs> and so he gives me so much grace in saying, like, I don't expect these things from you, and you need to take a break from it and wind down from that. Um, but but sometimes I don't allow myself space between managing the wife thing, managing travel, managing writing, and then you know, just managing friends and life and that sort of thing. Nice. You know, one of the things I appreciated, uh, you know, we we tried to book this interview a couple times, and actually I appreciated that you had boundaries around that. Um, and which I was like, that's great, good for you. You know, there obviously if it didn't, if it doesn't work out for us, whatever the day that was, it didn't work out. That's great, and I think that you know that just encouraged you in that that, you know that sometimes availability isn't always a great thing, right? The fact that you're just always available, um, you know, creates a creates tension, obviously, in in people's lives. Um, I'd love for you to tell us about Mad Church Disease and your writing. I think you've got a new book coming out too. Why don't you tell us about that? Um, Mad Church Disease was my very first book that I wrote out of that experience of burning out. Mm -hmm. um, I was 25 working in a, a fairly large church and had just taken a job from support staff up into leadership staff. So here I am 
you know, really young, one of the only women on, on leadership staff, and I like felt like I needed to prove myself, you know, both to the pastors of the church, but also if I worked really hard for God, that he would love me more. So that was kind of the the way I was operating from. Um, but I ended up burning out, like, to the point where I was hospitalized for a week. Uh, with, I had inflammation. They thought it was appendicitis. Um, so they admitted me and watched me, and they're like, well, it's not appendicitis, so we're going to keep running tests. And so they ran tests for a week. And um, the two years that I was in ministry, vocational ministry, uh, I had gained, like, 40 pounds. Um, I had acid reflux. I was eating Taco Bell almost every day because it was right across the street from the church. And I didn't want to leave. wasn't taking days off. Um, we were producing about 10 services per weekend, and that kind of fell on me. Uh, for the most part of that time, and um, I didn't do my job. People aren't going to get saved, you know, like that was right, kind of my, right. oh, gosh, my, yeah, that's so true. my heart, but it wasn't right, and um, so the doctors came in toward the end of my hospital stay and say, look, like, you don't have cancer, IBS, Crohn's, gallbladder spine, this, this, this is all fine. How's your stress? And I had a family member in the room with me, and <laughs> said, like he laughed. He's like, hey, she doesn't take time off work, and right. I'm like, I work at a church, and I love my job at the church, and Jesus is great. Right. Um, and and they're like, if you don't change whatever you're doing there, like you're gonna end up back here in the hospital within mm. a year, and. I don't know what we can tell you. Like your body is just kind of attacking itself. Right. So that was my wake-up call, and um, I took three weeks leave of absence and started going into counseling. Started, you know, eating better. Over the course of about nine months, lost that weight and uh, looked around and realized I am not the only one burning out. Like right. I had friends in my own church, uh, on many church staffs, and inter the internet was kind of booming, and people were blogging, and I was reading about how people were stressed and anxious and overweight and mm -hmm. uh, depressed and like they weren't operating out of joy and I'm like, oh my gosh, like why aren't there resources for this? Right. So I started a website for people to kind of not complain on but just share their story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I think people just need to know they're not alone. Right. And within a couple of days, I think we had over like a thousand responses or twelve hundred responses from people just sharing their story and mm -hmm. like, okay, this hit a nerve and um now what do we do with this? Like, how do we practically help people that are burning out? Um, mm -hmm. So we address the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, the relational, and uh, and that's kind of where that book was born out. Just a need for a resource, and it's mm -hmm. very practical. It's nothing new. It's you know research and healthy stuff and how you can implement stuff. But mm -hmm. the heart is um, like, where is your walk with God? Um, right. Pastor came into my office when I had returned from my, my leave of absence, and he said, is working in this church, is serving in this church, interfering with your community with Christ? Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it wasn't the church's fault. And being 25, it's really, I wasn't mature enough to see that at the time, so it was very easy for me to point fingers. And they demand this, and she demands this, and um, I had to own up and take responsibility for that. And eventually that I learned that wasn't the best church fit for me, so I, I did resign. But um, that was the heart of the book, I guess. It's just like practical things for pastors, not just pastors, volunteers, teams, families, anybody <laughs> really right. um, that they can implement in their lives. And you know, even if it's just tackling one little area at a time, like getting a little bit healthier and focusing on that spiritual health first, and then the rest, um, it kind of all falls back into play. 
Very cool. It's a great read. Uh, I'd highly recommend that it. it's one of those areas I think we all can identify. We all have a slice of your story um, in us. And so I, you know, appreciate your heart in wanting to see people, you know, not end up in the hospital, right? Not end up in some sort of train wreck, uh, you know, situation. So I, you know, I really appreciate that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we jump into the lightning round? Ooh, uh, I'm already getting funny. Um <laughs> 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 lightning round, so much pressure. Um, I would say, like my my bottom line, no matter what book I've I've written, I've written a couple more. Um, is you're not alone. No matter if you're struggling in your work, and if it's ministry or if it's work as a stay-at-home mom, because I have a very dear friend that's really, really wrestling and, and stressing out um, with with being a stay-at-home mom or whatever occupation you're in, um, whether you don't have community or you feel like you're lonely or you're de going through depression or anxiety or something's wrong with your marriage or whatever it is, you're not alone. And mm. if you just reach out and ask for help, um, God will honor that request for your, your desire to live authentically. And I promise there is joy on the other side of that. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, I, I know it's a bit ironic that we're going to jump into the lightning round uh, when we're talking today about uh, with yeah. Emery Miller, all about finding balance and uh, and Sabbath <laughs> in their lives. Let's try to cram a bunch into the end of the episode. Um, so. Uh, so glad to have you on the show today. Um, now, what's an online resource that you just love? It's your go-to. You love it. You can't even believe how good it is to use. Um, probably BuzzFeed quizzes. <laughs> okay, very good, very good. Nice. Um, I just I, I suck at the internet. What ca what character of Twilight you are? You know that kind of thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> Twilight thing. Just, just to clarify, but um, if I did do, if you're an alcoholic beverage, what would you be? And um, I was a juice box. Oh, wow. Baptist wins again. <laughs> it's amazing how much, how much those, like when you're, you know, you just, how many people do those quizzes online? They're yeah. like, there's something addictive about them. They're, yes. that's amazing. <laughs> What's a book you've read, you know, in the last six months or so that's had an impact on your thinking or ministry? Um, I just read a book. It's actually not out yet. I, okay, I just nice. read it in the last month by Lisa Whittle, and it's called I Want God. Mm. And she, it's a hard book to read. Um, it cuts through any fluff that you may have of books. Mm. Um, and it's just about wanting God and wanting a revival and what it takes to have that. And it's hard, but it's so fascinating. It's so good. So, mm. Very yeah. cool. Do, do you know when it releases? It comes out? Um, I think it releases in September. I could be wrong. August, September. So. Cool. Nice. We'll keep an eye out for that. Um, what's another ministry that you know you kind of look to and is inspiring you, and why? There, there are so many. Um, I don't know where I stand, like theologically or anything. Um, yeah. I. So many people think the Gospel Coalition is like this evil thing, and I find that there's a lot of a lot of truth in what they say, and they don't. They apologize when they need to. I know a lot of people will disagree with me on this, but. Um, I find like that there's an unashamed truth without cynicism, and I think mm. even though I don't always agree with what they write about or talk about, the fact that they do it, what I believe tactfully and truthfully um, and graciously, is really cool. And so, if anything, I admire how they approach things. Um, also, I would say I'm a girl, and maybe I'm entering into a new phase of life. But Proverbs 31, some people will roll their eyes and like, oh, those women, oh, and their, no. moms and their Pinterest, but like. 
I love Lisa, and again, she speaks so much truth, um, mm -hmm. and she she gets struggle and she gets grace, and I love that about her. Very cool. All right, just a couple more. So, um, you know, another leader, if you could pick any leader that's alive today and you mm -hmm. could get 15 minutes with them, uh, mm -hmm. who would you want to get that time with and why? I remembered this question and I, I was thinking about it this morning. And <laughs> I'm going to say Barack Obama because yes. I just want to pray with the dude. Like, yep. I, I know he has spiritual advisors, but I just want to, like, ask him how his girls are and, like, how do you handle them being a teenager in today's world and, like, how do yeah. you parent as a president? Um, and just pray for him and pray for his girls. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, very cool. I, you know, it's I, I think, I mean, it's hard to tell, right? At that level, it, you, know, you get such a weird view of what people are like, but the thing that does resonate with me from him is, is his parenting. You know, I think well, there's a lot about him that resonates, but particularly I think his, his parenting is, I think, pretty genuine. I think he's, he, you know, he seems like they're, they're, they're really trying to figure out how do we raise our girls um, and them not turn out to be crazy because they were, you know, <laughs> the first children or whatever, so that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I want to know how Michelle Obama gets her arms. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right, one last question. Um, you know, when you've got a little bit of personal time, some downtime, uh, you know, to just enjoy life, have fun. Uh, what do you like to do? Other than BuzzFeed quizzes, um, <laughs> probably I, I love hanging out with my husband. We have so many adventures. We travel. Um, he has a videography business, so oh, we cool. often go overseas with that. Um, but we also just like run around wherever we're at, go on road trips. Um, we're going to Texas. He's doing kind of a speaking event in, in Texas, and it's close to where I grew up, like all those tumbleweed churches I was talking about. <laughs> Back so, to like, West Texas. <laughs> that's our part of our vacation is like just driving through West Texas, and there's not much out there unless you grew up out there, and then right. I get to show him where like Friday Night Lights was based out of. And oh, very cool. Kind of show him all that. So I just love going on adventures with him, and we have a little puppy, so her team. Nice. <laughs> very cool. My wife's a huge Friday Night Lights fan. I has watched it two times through. I just can't get into it, but, you know, that's, uh, I was thinking that the whole time when you were talking about West Texas. I was thinking, man. Meet somebody from West Texas. Anyways, thanks so much. I really appreciate you being on the show uh, today. If people want to get in touch with you um, or buy your books or any of that kind of stuff, how can they do that? What's the best way for them to get in touch? Um, best way is my website, which is Anne with an E. So A-N-N-E, MarieMiller.com. So that has a store and some resources that aren't even mine that I find very helpful. And you can just read about my journey or email me from there. Nice. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.